Everyone but Cicero was dead, but soon after Yael put a peg through Cicero's head. This victory was a reason for song, but the resulting peace wouldn't last for long. Okay, so this week's Parsha is Parshat B'Shalach, and we read a very, very long Haftorah from the book of Shoftim. And this is a, a classic story in this week's Haftorah, which talks about Devorah and how she overcame the enemy of Canaan, led by General Cicero, and um, how the epic story of, of how all of his uh, 600 chariots were destroyed, were swept away by the water, and ultimately Cicero himself, he wasn't killed by the water, but he was brought to Yael and killed uh, with, a, with, with a, a peg nailed through his head. So to get into the, uh, into the story of the Haftorah, um, so it begins by, um, just to, to sort of set the, the, uh, the scene, this was in the era of, of the judges when, um, when Devorah was a judge and basically the Canaanites, uh, who again, as, as I said, were, were led by Cicero, um, the, the Canaanites and the Jewish people, um, had intermarried, and in fact, it got to the point that the Jews were serving the Canaanite idols, despite the Torah telling the Jewish people to destroy the Canaanites when they got to Israel, they didn't do so. And as a result, um, that union caused intermarriage, caused uh, idolatry, and that is why uh, the Jewish people are being punished here. So, um, the so, so Devorah, uh, at the beginning of the Haftorah, she's called an Ishat, uh, Ishat Lapidot, which um, this could be interpreted as two ways. Either Ishat Lapidot could be the wife of Lapidot, or it could also be a fiery woman, um, because Lapidot means like a fire, uh, fiery. And the reason that she's called fiery, uh, the Gemara explains, is because she would make wicks for the... Mishkan uh, in Shiloh. And because she made those wicks, then uh, basically she was the one that sort of caused the, the fire. But in sort of more of a, um, not in, in, in a less literal sense, you can see from this Haftorah just how fiery of a woman she was, uh, how she was inspiring. Her words brought an entire military to eventually overcome Sisera. Um, so not only does she bring wicks for the Mishkan, but she also has a serious fire um, and drive burning within her. So, um, she, in fact, you can see this fire when she challenges what's presumably uh, her, her, um, her husband, Barak. Uh, her husband is normally named Lapidot, but uh, the, the commentaries say perhaps her husband's also, another name for her husband is Barak. So she challenges Barak and she says, Hello, um, Siva Hashem. Did Hashem not command you, the Jewish people, to destroy the Canaanites? And therefore, since the Jewish people didn't destroy the Canaanites, um, Sisera was able to basically come and and uh, and attack the Jewish people. Um, so, moving on. So, uh, in fact, there. So the the because Sisera came to attack, um, Radak explains that the Sisera's astrologers. They tried to dissuade Sisera. They tried to convince Sisera not to attack because they, the astrologers uh, could understand that something bad would come from that attack. 
but nonetheless, he didn't listen and, and came to attack the Jewish people. Um, so Devorah, she agrees to go with Barak to Tabor, but um, because sort of Barak was a little bit weak in his uh, acceptance to go and attack um, to, to, to go and attack uh, Sisera and his military, because Barak was weak, Devorah says that Sisera will ultimately be killed uh, by a woman. And uh, basically saying that that uh, Barak, he's not going to have the honor of taking down the enemy. Rather, it's going to be uh, a woman that will be victorious in taking down Sisera. Ultimately, that will be uh, Yael. Okay, so moving on. So um, it, it, uh, a very um, similar sort of theme to our week, to this week's Parsha of Bishalach, we see that Sisera had 900 chariots. And just like Egypt, when the Egyptians came to attack the Jewish people uh, at the Kriyas Yamsuf, at the, at the splitting of the sea, they had 600 chariots. And, um, and, and similarly, the Jewish people, when, you know, in, in Parsha uh, Bishalach, when they didn't have much, you know, in, in the form of military, in the form of weapons, out, you know, they, they were merely uh, sort of escaped slaves trying to run away. They didn't have um, much military might. They had certainly a lot of people, but not much military might. And similarly, the Jewish people here, they had 10,000 um, men in their, in their uh, troop, but they didn't have, uh, uh, Devorah says, they didn't have a spear. They didn't, even, they didn't even have a shield or a spear to their name because uh, the Canaanites, they, to, in order to sort of uh, oppress the Jewish people, they took away all their weapons so they wouldn't be able to, to fight the Canaanites. And since they didn't have either, you know, they, sure they had numbers, they had 10,000 people, but they didn't have a shield, they didn't have a spear. And as a result, um, you know, even though they were sort of in bigger in number compared to the uh, Canaanites, the Canaanites had much had a much stronger uh, military force. And similarly, um, Egypt also had a much stronger military force, uh, even though Egypt only had 600 chariots. Uh, they had, you know, the, the, all the military power as where the Jewish people were merely just escaped slaves. So um, similar, a connection to this week's Parsha, to the Haftorah, the fact that uh, while the Jews outnumbered the enemy, the enemy ultimately had stronger military. Um, okay, so moving on. Um, uh, so the Haftorah says, Vayaham Hashem, that Hashem confused them um, confused the the Canaanites uh, and Lifne Barak before the before Barak before uh, Devorah's husband uh, he he saw Devorah's husband saw that um, the the Canaanites basically were confused and as a result of this confusion ultimately they were swept away by the um, by the brook of Kishon uh, so. Okay, so the the Haftorah says nobody was left except for one, and that's another similarity to this week's parsha. Um, Bishalach says after the splitting of the sea that no one was left except for one, just as Paro was the only one to survive the splitting of the sea. So too Sisera, um, the military leader, he was the only leader to he was the only person uh, to survive the um, basically the the self destruction of his troops. And um, an interesting point here. So basically, the, uh, the Haftorah explains that Cicero's troops, the stars came out and heated up the, uh, the, the, the armor 
the the metal um, the metal armor on the soldiers to the point that it got so hot that the soldiers needed a respite from getting burned, and as a result, they jumped into the brook of Kishon. And uh, by jumping into the brook of Kishon, ultimately, even though this brook, this like kind of stream, uh, a very gentle stream, it turned into a massive wave, and it actually basically killed all of the uh, all of the, the the entire enemy, all all of Sisera's uh, nine hundred chariots. And Pesachim, the Gemara in Pesachim mentions interesting story that the angel of the sea in our week's parsha of Bishalach, um complained to God because after the splitting of the sea, um, the Egyptians were washed ashore so the Jewish people could see that their enemy had actually been killed. Um, but the angel of the sea complained that basically, according to the Umar and Pesachim, the angel of the sea complained to God that um, that the that that the um, the Egyptians should have been f- uh, basically fit food for the fish that that the Egyptians uh, and their chariots should have sunk in the ocean and the fish the fish should have been able to feed off of their I guess decomposing bodies. Um, but but uh, so so because of this complaint, God says, "Don't worry, I'll help you out next time." And how does He do that? He does that by drowning um, all of Sisera's nine hundred chariots. So Egypt only had six hundred. Uh, so now basically the fish are getting an extra three hundred chariots um, to 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 feast on the uh, on the Canaanites' uh, decomposing bodies. So kind of an interesting uh, story there that's relayed in the Gemara in Pesachim. Um, okay, so then we go back to the story of, so basically all of Canaan's um, troops are destroyed. All of Sisera's 900 troops are destroyed, except for Sisera is still living. So he goes to the house of Yael, who Yael's husband is interestingly a descendant of Yitro. And just like Yitro accepted Moshe into his house, so too Yael um, accepted Sisera into her into her house, and ultimately would uh, see, you know, a, a tremendous uh, make a tremendous, you know, a miracle by killing uh, Sisera. So Sisera told Yael that if a man comes and asks for me, don't say that I'm here. But she didn't listen to that advice, and ultimately she takes a peg from the tent that they were staying in, and impales Sisera drills the, the peg through Sisera's head and into the ground and kills uh, Sisera. And then after that destruction, then King Yavan, the king of um, the, the king of, of Canaan, he ultimately was also destroyed. And as a result of this major military victory, um, Devorah and Barak, they both sing a song. And just like in our week's, in this week's Parsha, where Moshe and also where Miriam sings the song uh, in celebration and in gratitude to Hashem for saving them uh, from in this week's in, in this week's parsha that you know they save them from the Egyptians and in this week's Aftora they save them from those nine from nine hundred of Sisera's chariots. Um, so in this song, Devorah mentions that the earth quakes and the mountains melted and the clouds dripped with water at Har Sinai. So. Basically, you know, it's a, a Jewish kind of principle that any time you're being thankful, you even you go back as far as you can. And Devorah went back all the way to the times of Har Sinai, the getting the giving of the Torah, to recognize and appreciate just how great that uh, that that everything that just how great a miracle it was that they were able to overcome uh, Canaan. 
Um, also, they mentioned, Devorah mentions that there was sort of such terrorism on the streets of Canaan on, in, in, in Israel that the Jewish people, they were afraid to even go on the streets. And in order to go from place to place, they had to go in kind of an indirect, circuitous route, just like in our week's Parsha, where the Jewish people don't go directly from the land of Egypt directly to Israel. Rather, they take this kind of circuitous route uh, to get there. Another interesting um, similarity, but ultimately once the Canaanites were uh, destroyed, the Jewish people, they were able to move back into open cities because they didn't fear uh, for their lives anymore. There was no longer any terrorism um, on those on those highways. So uh, Devorah in her song, she says, Uri, Uri, which means awake, awake, get up. And uh, the commentaries say there that um, uh, Shana, the word to sleep in Hebrew, um, is related to the word yashan, old. And just as basically Devorah is telling the Jewish people that don't become, um, you know, don't become sleepy, don't become old, don't, don't let this miracle, uh, this overcoming of, yes, uh, of Sisera's military, don't let that miracle just uh, become old, become commonplace. Make that miracle special to you every year. And just like in, in our Parsha this week, where, you know, we're told the story where we sit and, and, and every single Pesach, we, re- we remember the splitting of the sea, just as we keep that story so fresh in our lives. Um, Devorah is saying, keep this story of the destruction of, of, uh, of Cicero's military. Keep that story uh, close, um, you know, in your heart. Keep that in your heart. Keep it new. And as long as it's new, um, you won't need to be awakened. But you should always sort of keep, if you keep uh, that history new, um, then you'll you'll stay awake, so to speak, and you'll you'll be cognizant of the great miracle. So then, um, Devora really goes on to lots of criticism. She criticizes. Um, or so so first of all, she uh, she criticizes she criticizes Ruvain. She criticizes Don. She criticizes God. All those uh, those three tribes because basically they were very strong militarily. Yet once when, when they saw their um, their, their brethren getting destroyed, they did nothing to help, uh, to help defend the Jewish people. And she compliments um, Ephraim, who is, whose descendant is Yehoshua, who fought Amalek. And uh, that's really referring back to our Parsha in Parsha Peshalach, at the end of the Parsha, where the Jews fight off Amalek, where Yehoshua fights Amalek on the ground, and Moshe fights Amalek sort of spiritually uh, by raising his hands up um, and ultimately winning. But again, this Haftorah is full of references to past events like our Sinai and like um, the splitting of the sea and like Yehoshua fighting Amalek. Um, so uh, what's, she also says that the brook of, of Kishon um, swept them away. And uh, there's the uh, Gemara in Pesachim mentions here that what does that mean? It means that the armor of Sisera got so hot from the stars. The stars basically came out and somehow heated up the armor of Sisera. And in order to cool off, they jumped in the in kind of they jumped in the in this in this brook in this stream, and uh, and the waters became sort of angry and swept them off. And then we get toward the very end of the parsha, sorry, the end of the Haftorah, where Sisera's mother 
through Sisera's mother's perspective. And Sisera's mother asks her, um, asks some women that are with her, where's my son's chariot? And uh, it seems like you really, you know, at, at this point in the story, you really feel, even though Cicero is a monster, you really kind of feel compassion for the, for the mother. Yet, um, the Haftorah goes on to say that it seems like what Cicero's mother is really concerned about is, she says, maybe they're still splitting up the colored clothing, and it even says, maybe they're still splitting up the, uh, the Jewish women between the, um, b- between the Canaanite men, and that comforts... Um, that comforts Sisera's mother by thinking, well, at least maybe my son is out there looting, uh, and and that comforts her mother. That comforts uh, Sisera's mother. So really, we're we're seeing that Sisera's uh, mom's true intent was not so noble. Um, and lastly, uh, the Haftorah says that there was tranquility for forty years, which the commentaries say really isn't long enough. You know, this major military victory. It seems like the Jews didn't take this miracle to heart. And as a result, only had 40 years of tranquility, and ultimately after that were again thrown into more turmoil. So to recap some of the points I talked about in this week's Parsha, um, so, sorry, in this week's Haftorah. So uh, again, I said that basically the Canaanites were coming to hurt the Jewish people because um, the Torah tells the tells uh, the Jewish people that once they get to Israel, they should destroy the Canaanites. Yet they never did that. And the Canaanites and the Jews, they um, they were intermarrying and the Jewish people were even serving the idols uh, of the Canaanites. And as a result of that, uh, basically God decreed the Canaanites would come and attack the Jewish people. And ultimately that attack was led by Sisera. And, um, and Devorah uh, warns her husband um, about this this impending doom, and again, I mentioned Devora was named Aisha uh, Lapidot, either because she's the wife of Lapidot, or Aisha Lapidot means a fiery woman, because again, she made the wicks for the Mishkan of Shiloh, but she's also fiery. She also has spirit. She has some chutzpah. Um, she has that fire burning within her that gave uh, the troops of Israel courage to fend off uh, the, the Canaanite military. Um, so anyways, uh, so Devorah, she agrees to go with Barak to, uh, to Har Tabor to fight the, um, to, to, to fight the Canaanites. But she says that because I'm going with you, because you're, you weren't strong enough to go by yourself, ultimately Sisera will be destroyed by a woman, namely Yael. Um, okay, so uh, I mentioned a similarity between this week's and last week's, uh, this week's Parsha and this week's Haftorah is that the Egyptians, just like the Egyptians had 600 chariots to attack the Jewish people at Kriyas Yamsuf at the splitting of the sea, um, Sisera, he had 900 chariots uh, ready to attack the Jewish people. And similarly also, even though the Jews outnumbered their enemies in both instances, um, they, it, it says in this week's Haftorah that the Jewish people, they didn't have a shield or a spear to their name. And similarly in our, in our Parsha, the Jewish people, they were merely escaping slaves while they had, they were, they were numerous. They didn't have much military might and the Egyptians and, and, uh, the Canaanites had, were smaller in number, but had much stronger militaries. And that's why it was such a tremendous victory. Even though the Jews had more numbers, they were much less militarily trained. Um, so then we hear that uh, that basically no one was left except for Sisera. And similarly in our week's Parsha, that nobody was left except for Paro. 
So once the once these two militaries, the Egyptians and the Canaanites, were swept away by um, by by the water, then the only two people left were the leaders, Paro and Sisera, uh, respectively. So, um, and the Gemara in Pesachim has that strange story where the angel of the sea wanted the Egyptian bodies um, for basically one of the Egyptian decomposing bodies as food for the fish. And, uh, but, and, but, uh, and, and complain to God because ultimately those, um, Egyptian bodies were swept ashore so the Jewish people could see that their enemies were destroyed. But here, uh, the Jewish, the God sort of returned the favor to the ocean, to the angel of the sea, so to speak, and gave these 900 chariots, 900 of Sisera's chariots, uh, to the ocean so that the fish could feast on their, uh, decomposing bodies. Um, okay, so then we get back to the story that Yael took Sisera in her house and she fed him sort of cream, some kind of milk. And I mentioned that Yael was a, or Yael's husband is a descendant of Yitro. And just like Yitro accepted Moshe into his house, Yael accepted Sisera into her house. And ultimately both um, sort of were very meritorious in accepting um, either Moshe or Sisera into their houses. So Yael took Sisera into the house and even though Sisera says that if a man comes and asks for me, say that I'm not here, she didn't. She she took matters into her, into her own hands and took a peg from the tent they were staying in and impaled Sisera by drilling the peg into Sisera's face and uh, into the ground and ultimately killed uh, killed Sisera. And then soon after that, King Yavan, the king of Canaan, was destroyed, and then Devora and Barak sing a song to praise God, just like Moshe and Miriam sang a song to praise God for the splitting of the sea. Um, and she refers back to ancient Jewish history where the, uh, you know, the earth quaked, the mountains melted, the clouds dripped with water at Har Sinai at the giving of the Torah. And she mentions that the Jewish people, that they were at such a low point um, at, at this point in time, right before the destruction of the Canaanite military, such a low point that there was basically terrorism on the streets, that the only way that the Jewish people could get from place to place is by going on indirect routes. And similarly, in our Parsha, we see that the Jewish people don't go straight from Egypt to Israel, rather they go on this circuitous route. But now that the Jews are meritorious, they're able to move back to more open cities without fear of destruction. And I mentioned Uri, Uri, she says, wake up, wake up, that if we keep our, um, that just like the word Shana, sleep, uh, is related to Yashan, old, um, in Hebrew, just that basically if we let a miracle become old, then we'll kind of sleep through it. We won't appreciate um, just how great a miracle and how good uh, Shem is to us. So moving on, um, she compliments Ephraim, again, looking back to ancient history, because a descendant of Ephraim was Yehoshua, who fought a Malik in this week's Parsha. And with um, Yehoshua fought them on the ground, and Moshe fought them sort of on a more spiritual plane by raising his hands up. Um, so she's referring back to that history in our week's Parsha, in, in our Parsha. And she criticizes the tribes of Reuven, Dan, and God because they dwelled at their borders. They were um, they didn't come and come to the defense of the Jewish people when they needed it. Uh, and then she mentions that the brook of Kishon, that um, that that the Nachal Kishon, the brook of Kishon, swept the 
Canaanites away because the Gemara in Pesachim explains that the armor of Sisera got so hot from the stars that the the stars basically came out and heated up the armor of Sisera, and as a result, um, the, uh, the 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 their their gear was so hot that they jumped in the brook of Kishon to cool off, and this brook, this this stream, came and uh, basically became got angry, got uh, full of water, and swept these nine hundred chariots away, and. Then the story shifts to the perspective of Sistra's mother, and she says, where is my son's chariot? And at this point in the story, I said, you're really feeling bad, even though Sistra was a monster, you're really feeling bad for Sistra's mother, who is simply looking out for her son's you know, best interest. But then we ultimately see that really Sistra's mother, you don't feel so compassionate for her because she says, uh, she, she hopes that her son is out basically, um, stealing from the Jewish people by collecting their colorful clothing and also by splitting up uh, the, the Jewish women among these military men. Um, and lastly, the tranquility. There was tranquility in the land only for 40 years after this miracle, which I said really isn't enough, that had they been maybe more appreciative of this tremendous miracle, they would have uh, seen peace for longer. Okay, so to read my poem, Everyone But Cicero Was Dead, but soon after Yael put a peg through Cicero's head. This victory was a reason for song, but the resulting peace wouldn't last for long. And with that, you thank you for listening to the full half Torah, the whole half Torah, and l'chaim l'chaim.